What is going on, everybody? This is Jackson Caldwell, the publisher of VolleyAllJacks.com, and I'm coming to you here on Wednesday evening, two days, almost a full 48 hours before toe hits leather on thir- or on Friday night Excuse me, against Louisville. Brent Kier is starting. So I'm coming to you for our first All Yellow Jackets show. Expect this coming weekly. I want to do a little, little bit of a breakdown of this week's opponent, talk about what I want to see from both offense and the defense and how it's going to match up with the Cardinals. The Cardinals got a lot of new pieces, got a new coaching staff, so it's going to be a very interesting thing to see um, on Friday night. But if you guys want to keep seeing this con- content, go give me a follow on Twitter at Jackson Caldell. Go check out alliellowjackets.com. All your Georgia Tech needs are going to be covered there. I got you covered. Plenty more content is coming. But I wanted to just do a little chat here. And I guess we'll just dive right into it. I think offensively, you know, the top story this week is going to be the Haynes King show. Like th- this is going to be Haynes King's Georgia Tech debut. Won it in a really, really, really close quarterback competition. And I cannot stress that the really close, like, more than enough. Like him and Zach Pyron really went at it. And I think when I when you watch Haynes King at Texas A&M, yeah, I think the throw in motion and some of the mechanics are a little funky. But, you know, I think it's fair to maybe put that on Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M offense because when you watch – if, if you, y'all remember Kellen Mond at Texas A&M, I think it was something similar. Like I think some of uh, – just I don't know what they're tall, what, what, how to run the offense over there is just a little differently. And I think it really – hindered what I think his strengths were. Like Jimbo Fisher doesn't use mobile quarterbacks, and that's one of Haynes King's biggest strengths. Like coming out of high school, like he runs a legit 4-5. Like he can move around in the pocket and get on the edge. And personally, like in his debut, that's I want to see how plays are designed and set up for him to do that. His arm strength is very good. I want to see him being able to throw on the run. I don't want to see him just stand in the pocket and and just do the things he was asked to do at A&M because I don't think those were playing to his strengths. So when he takes the field on Friday, I want to see if they can get him out. Whether it's any quarterback design runs, like I'm not – I don't really care about any of that personally. Like I, I don't think that's going to happen a lot, but we'll see. But just in terms of what I'm looking for in his debut, just look – know where to go when you're throwing the football and be able to get out on the perimeter and make plays. Because I think one of the things that gets overlooked a lot when talking about this Georgia Tech offense is just how good – or the potential of this receiver room. Like, it, it looks brand new. Like, you know, EJ Jenkins is gone. Malachi Carter is gone. Nate McCollum, obviously, at the transfer portal. You still got some of the younger guys that were on the, the roster last year, but you have the four new transfers. I think you're going to see plenty of Christian Leary and Dominic Blaylock on uh, Friday as as well as – I think Chase Lane's going to get in there too. Like, you're going to see all four of them. Like, that. make no mistake about it. And then – Guys that are already on the roster, like Malik Rutherford, DJ Moore, Avery Boyd, like those are all guys I'm looking to see. And they have to be more explosive on offense. Like that, that is just, they cannot be as um, slow moving as they were last year. Like there, there was just a real lack of big plays and everything coming from the offense last year. And I think that that's one of the things that Buster Faulkner is looking to change this year. I think it, it's going to be. Do I expect one guy to have like the majority of the targets and the and the catches and the yards? No, not necessarily. Like I think he has talked about um, in his preseason media availability that you're going to see six to eight receivers rotate in. Like I think you're going to see a lot of um, different bodies roll in there. I think a lot of guys are going to be asked to do different things. Like I think obviously when you think of Rutherford and Leary, I think both of those guys are known for their speed. I think Blaylock is definitely a, a big play guy as well, but he's also going to catch the ball. But it's just also going to be just moving the chains. You know, drops were 
drops were a problem at times last year. There, there's no denying that. And I think cutting down on drops and being more explosive at the receiver position is going to be what I'm most excited about. I want to see the chemistry that, that King and some of these receivers have already and how they're going to challenge what's a pretty good Louisville secondary. Like I, I know MJ Griffin, their safety, he's out for the season. They have some good corners like Jarvis Brownlee, who used to play at Florida State. Like that, that kid's pretty good. They got Storm Duck from the transfer portal this offseason. Their secondary is it's not as good as it has been in years, but I think going into the year, that's kind of the possible strength because I don't know if many people know this last year, but Louisville had one of the best defenses in the country. Like they could absolutely get after the passer. They could create havoc. They they absolutely just I mean, go watch that Wake Force game last year. I think they Force like six or seven turnovers from Sam Hartman, who is a really, really good quarterback. Now, it's a brand-new coaching staff. Ron English takes over as the defense coordinator at Louisville, com- coming over from Purdue with Jeff Brom. And, you know, in- implementing a different scheme and everything, like it, it could cause some hiccups in-, in the first game, and I think that's kind of – there's some unknowns. There's obviously a lot of unknowns with Georgia Tech's offense, but there's unknowns on – Louisville's defense as well, particularly in the front seven. Like when you lose NFL caliber players and players that created a lot of plays for you, that can be an issue, especially in the first game. It's it's not on the road per se. Like they're not going to line up and play at Bobby Dodd, but it's obviously more advantageous for Georgia Tech to play in Atlanta than it's Louisville, even though the seats are red and it might look like there's more Louisville people there, which is, you know, something. Another thing, you know, I'm looking at for the offense is just the, the level of involvement from the tight ends. Obviously, no tight end topped 100 yards last year and no tight end caught a touchdown pass. Some of that, I think, is just offensive play calling. Like, I don't – I'm not going to sit here and say I held Chip Long in high regards as an offensive play caller. I think there's definitely an upgrade in that area with Buster Faulkner coming over. And he's also coaching the tight ends. Like, most play callers are going to be coaching quarterbacks, but that's what Chris Winkie's job is as a co-OC as well. So, I'm just kind of looking to see how many tight ends are, are involved, like, Obviously, everybody expects to see Dylan Leonard out there. I think it's it's a given that he's going to take up a, a majority of the the snaps at tight end. But guys like Brett Seether, the transfer from Georgia, Jackson Long, the transfer from uh, South Florida, and Luke Benson, who didn't make as big impact as, as some had wanted last year. But I, I do still think the talent's there. Like, I do think he has the capability to go down the field and make a big play. And I just wonder, are we going to see a lot of multiple tight end sets? Are we going to just see one? Are they going to be split out wide at all? Are they going to be used for blocking purposes? I just kind of want to see how Faulkner uses the tight ends because as a whole, it was just a position of weakness last year. You know, it drops were um, a problem, and it's just overall lack of anything in the passing game, which that was a problem at receiver, but just not so much, much so as tight end. So I think that's a position I think everybody's kind of looking to see if some guy can step up and emerge as like one of the top targets. But we'll see what goes on there. Um, and just kind of to round out the offensive talk, I kind of wanted to save the biggest piece for last. It's the offensive line. Look, the offensive line has not been good in several years for Georgia Tech. It, it, but they were a young unit last year. They're returning a lot of experience this year. And some will say, you know, even though you're returning a lot of snaps and experience, is it good experience or is it good talent? We're going to see. We're going to see if new coaching, uh, Jeep Wade's taking over as the offensive line coach, um, you know, with Brent Key being elevated to head coach. We're going to see if a different offensive line can limit the negative plays created by the defense. Like it was just whether it was pass protection, whether it was run block, and it just seemed like things were just made harder because of the offensive line. I think, guys, it, it sounds like Weston Franklin, I think, has taken a, a 
pretty good step forward. I'm not going to say he's I, – I think Louisville definitely has the better center in this game. But if, if you can have a leader at that position and somebody that is just reliable from down to down, that's going to make a huge difference in your offense. Like that's – I'm excited to see Weston line up um, on Friday. The tackle positions, like, you know, can Corey Robinson be better than he was last year? I think so. Jordan Williams is, I think, obviously the leader. He spoke a lot about that at ACC Media Days this year. Like this is a guy that has – Looked like he wants to take the mantle of being the leader on the offensive line. Like as a younger group last year, he's played he's played the most snaps, uh, and he's got to be a difference maker up front. Because I can tell you, Louisville is going to come into this matchup thinking that they're going to create a lot of negative plays and just get Georgia Tech behind the chains, and that is something that absolutely cannot happen. Like it just can't because this with so many new pieces on offense, like you just can't operate from a position of second and nine or second and 13 or third and 14. Like that's, and that goes for any offense, but especially one that's implementing a lot of new starters and a new scheme right off from day one, that's, you have to stay ahead of the chains. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest keys to winning this game on offense on Friday. I, I think just the overall staying ahead of the chains, making explosive plays and staying on time on offense. Like he talked about it yesterday. He wants to be efficient on offense and he wants to see how they handle adversity when that hits. Like if Louisville comes out, I, I could easily see them come out blitzing early and try to gain to create some negative plays and get Georgia Tech behind the chains. When that adversity hits, how are they going to respond? Like I think that is a fair question. And look, new starting quarterback, new players at receiver, got some new names back there at running back. This is their first time playing together, and sometimes the chemistry can be a little bit off. So – just as a big picture, what what, what to really there, – there's no shortage of things to watch on the offensive end, but I think obviously Haynes King, I think the chemistry that he has with his receivers is going to be a, a big part as well. The offensive line and how they're going to handle Louisville's pressure because I think you can expect to see plenty of it. And I do want to see what running backs get involved. Um, Key has talked about the in the fall a running back by committee approach, and I, I think that's when you look at the roster, the approach that probably should be taken – you don't have a Jameer Gibbs superstar first-round pick-level talent on here, but I don't mean that as, like, a, a downplay. Like, I do think, you know, going into it, Dante Smith does things well. Uh, Louisville transfer Trey Cooley does well, and Georgia Tech seems to do well with Louisville transfers at running back. Like, Hassan Hall had a pretty good preseason in the NFL. I know he didn't make the Browns roster, but he, he looked good. And, look, if he can have the same kind of impact or even better, that would be a welcome addition. Um, Jamie Felix is a guy I've written about since March pretty much. Like I, I think he's in line for a big breakout season. Um, I think is possibly the third back. I think he brings a level of physicality that maybe some of the other guys don't. And, and Keith said he's had good scrimmages during the fall camp. So I, I'm excited to see how that goes. Jamal Haynes converting over from wide receiver. Like, can he add a level of explosiveness to the offense? You know, if they're not getting it maybe from the receiver position all the time, we'll see. Evan Dickens, a true freshman, what level does he play? I'm just kind of seeing, you know, the, the, the snap counting where and when the backs rotate in at different points in the game because – okay, if it's a tight game going into the fourth quarter, is it just going to be either Dante or Trey at running back? Or does Felix or somebody else get those important snaps um, when the game is really on the line? Like that really tells you the level. Those situations are going to tell you the level of trust that the coaches have in those players in those moments. And uh, Norvell McKenzie has said, like, he he could throw any of his backs in any situation at any point in the game, and he's fine with it. Like he, he loves all the backs that he has in his room. 
But I think it, it'll be interesting to see if the game is tight going into the fourth quarter, um, what they plan to do there. So be more explosiveness, block people, um, that, that and have a turnover-free game for Maine's King. Like those are the three biggest things in my opinion. And look, that goes for any team in any game. But when a team is coming in trying to implement a lot of new starters and a new scheme against a pretty good opponent in the first game, you want to keep your mistakes to a minimum. You need to show improvement on the offensive line. And you can't have an offense that is just as explosive as I was was last year. Like that's where Georgia Tech ranked in terms of explosiveness in the passing game. And that's not a place you want to be. You want to be in a much higher spot. And I think that's possible. But it's you're also playing a good team that has a good secondary. So we'll see what the offense brings. It, it, it truly can't get worse than it was last year. So I do expect to see good improvement. I'm not saying – Tech's going to be a top 10 offense right off the bat. I think that that would be unrealistic to say, but improvement I, I think is uh, on the forefront. I, I definitely think so. And look, let's, let's transition over to the other side of the ball. First things to know about this Louisville offense is it's going to be a pass heavy attack. You know, when you had Scott Satterfield, you had more of a zone running scheme. They're going to run that stretch run repeatedly like over and over and over again like he did at App State, he did it at Louisville, and he would be hoping to create big plays in that way. Let me tell you, you're not going to see that same thing. And they only played uh, Satterfield once back in 2020 when Tech blew him out. But you're going to see a different type of Louisville this season. And Jeff Brom, it, it's obviously a more open offense, whether it was at Purdue, whether it was at Western Kentucky. Brom throws the ball around a ton. Like, And you're going to see that um, on Friday night. Jack Plummer, he is a transfer quarterback, much like Haynes King, but the difference is he has a lot more experience and probably a little bit of a better track record than King. Uh, Plummer played with Brom at Purdue. He knows this system. Uh, he transferred to Cal because Aiden O'Connell, who was at Purdue, is a pretty good quarterback. Um, and Plummer is not a superstar. Like, he's not going to – you're never going to put him in the upper-tier echelon of college quarterbacks like you would a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. He is a very efficient passer and one that limits his mistakes as well. And I think when you're – when Brom got the job and he was looking in the transfer portal, one, the fact that Plummer knew his offense and the and he's going to know where to go and he's just going to know how to operate and not turn the ball over. This was not a tremendous transfer portal class outside of, uh, outside of some guys, and I think just having Plummer in there and knowing what he can do, and he's extremely confident in it. I mean, he was named the starter – a few months before fall camp started. So, like, this is – they have a lot of confidence in this guy. And he played in a god-awful Cal offense last year. Like, that's – Cal's offense was terrible last year. But he was a lone bright spot in it. And you could see that he had talent. And to me, the biggest key on defense on Friday night is going to be knocking Plummer off of his spots. Like, they have to make him uncomfortable, whether you're rushing four and just bringing those guys um, – and dropping seven in coverage, or maybe you're blitzing some linebackers like that. That was seen a lot last year. They did it with Charlie Thomas plenty, and Charlie was very good at it. I don't know if they – maybe they have somebody that can do the same thing, but I don't know. So I think getting pressure on him, whether you're blitzing or just rushing for, is going to be a huge key. And it's one of the – one of my areas of concern I have for this team going into this game and throughout the season is they don't have Keon White, the, the athleticism, the, the pass rush that he brung. And whether, you know, Keon had seven and a half sacks last year, but it was just the every down um, presence that he brought. Like he was, he didn't get 15 sacks or something, but he was somebody who had to triple team every single time out. 
And Tech brings back guys that have played in games before, like Kyle Kennard has played in plenty of games. Uh, Sylvain has played in plenty of games. You're hoping for something out of Kevin Harris and Noah Collins. You just haven't seen big leaps yet. And I don't know if Georgia Tech wants to be a team that just converts to blitzing a ton because they can't get pressure with four. Now, it may come to that, but I want to see if, if the ends can get pressure on uh, Friday night because when you're playing it against the team, uh, offense like Jeff Brom where he's going to – he doesn't – he's going to target one receiver specifically. Like, you know, last year, Charlie Jones, who was a transfer from Iowa, he was in that Purdue offense. And, like, I, there were so many games where he had just double-digit targets and they were peppering him all over. And he, he wasn't necessarily an NFL talent either. He was just the number one guy in that offense, and they tend to do that which brings me to Jamari Thrash, the wide receiver transfer from Georgia State. That's the role he's going to be in. Like that, that is the, the You're going to see a ton of targets for him in trying to create big plays in the passing game and, and getting shots downfield and getting tech behind early possibly. Like you're, he's, They're going to have to do a good job on him. Like There's a lot of new transfers on the team. I think he's probably the top one, I would say. I, would, I don't even think it's probably. I think he is without a doubt the top transfer on Louisville's team. But – how they cover thrash and the, the schemes and coverages that they use, I'm gonna, that's something to watch closely. And I'm sure that Louisville is going to move him around the formations a ton. It's going to be very interesting to see how Brom uses him um, in that offense. And offensive line-wise, you know, they have an elite center. Like, there's no question at all about that. Brian Hudson is one of the best centers in the country and one of the best linemen, period. I mean, he – was voted first preseason first team all ACC for a reason. I think he's really the tone setter, but they're also mixing and matching some new guys up front. And I think that that's where I'm saying you have to be able to um, get pressure it, with four would be preferable, but winning those one-on-one battles on the line of scrimmage, I think is just going to be such a huge part in disrupting plumber, disrupting this passing attack and making Louisville have to adjust on the fly and ab- abandon the game plan that they come in with because I don't have to tell any Georgia Tech fan, or I shouldn't have to tell anybody that the secondary is pretty good. Like, Miles Brooks is legitimately a really, really good player, um, whether it's Jalen King or Clayton Powell Lee back there. You're going to have Miles Sims at corner. Who comes out there at the other corner spot is is going to be big, like whether it's Kenyatta Watson or somebody else. They're going to have a big responsibility in this game, and I think that they're probably going to get targeted fairly often. Like, I, I think it's going to be – um, they're going to have a lot of responsibilities on their shoulders. But the secondary is the best part of this Georgia Tech defense, at least going into the season. Like, I think it's one of the better units in the ACC, and I think you have one, obviously one of the best safeties in the country in Lamiles. So they got to be able – I think they're going to have to create a couple of turnovers and win the field position battle to, to get a victory here. And, like, I'm, I'm looking for those plays to come from the secondary, whether it's Brooks or somebody else. Like, I think making plays and – Confusing plumber, I think, is going to be just a, a big key in the secondary. But they 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 can't let guys open. You can't have um, coverage busts like we've seen in the past. And they they cut down on that a fair amount last year. Like the passing defense overall was pretty good. It wasn't like it was in 2021 per se. But I do think you know not allowing the big plays and let Louisville get cheap points. Like you you want to make them earn it. Like that that's that's such a big thing. And you know just kind of transitioning and talking about how that upset can be pulled. Winning the turnover battle, you know, whenever whenever you're talking about pulling an upset in college football when you're a touchdown underdog or more, winning the turnover battle is like priority number one. It always should be like this needs to be a team that does not turn the football over 
and they have to force a few turnovers from Plummer and get sacks. Like that, that is just something that has to happen on, on Friday night and get this offense behind change. Because, like, I, I expect Louisville to score some points. Like, Jeff Brom is one of the best offensive coaches in college football. Like, to expect him not to score points would probably be foolish. But just limiting the big plays and, and limiting the uh, amount of just yards gained per play. Like, it's just you can't allow big chunk plays to, to just kill the – the defense and the offense again has to be efficient and not turn the ball over and create big plays themselves. Like, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it's just, those, those are the keys to how they're going to win. Like whether it's, you know, a big shot to Malik Rutherford or something like that, they're going to have to create more big plays than Louisville. And it's certainly going to be a challenge, but I, I think the, the area and I'm most confident in probably going into the game is the secondary. And I think that they can keep those big plays limited. And that, that is something that I'm looking to see. So, just all in all, you know, talking – this is a, a huge game uh, to start off the weekend. You know, I think when you hear most people talk about this, they're acting like Louisville is some 20-point favorite, and that's not the case. They're only a touchdown favorite in this game, and I, I do think that there is a scenario in which Georgia Tech can pull this off. I think it it's more likely than people think it is. But I will say at the end of the day – I think Louisville's going to win the game because of a couple reasons. I think the – I just don't know about the pass rush from Georgia Tech, and that that I think is going to be a hindrance to them going into a game where I, I know for certain on the other side is a good offensive play caller, and they have proven playmakers there. I mean, Jamari Thrash was one of the best receivers in the country already at Georgia State last year. Like, it wasn't – he got to Louisville and was good. Like, it, this is – he's already put up a lot of numbers, and – when you're having a question mark at corner and your pass rush, I think that they're going to find ways to get him the ball. And even though I do think the Georgia Tech secondary is good, I think there there can be situations where when you're starting a new guy at corner, that there can be issues. And I think it, if, if they can't get a pass rush, I think that can just be really detrimental to this defense. I think the offense is going to be better than it was last year. I just wonder how long it takes – to get going to where I'm really confident in it to go score points needed to win the game. Like this is Haynes King's first start at Georgia Tech under Buster Faulkner. These are you're gonna see a lot new receivers. Like, how is the chemistry there? Is it gonna be just get go from day one? Like you're not easing into a game against South Carolina State or Bowling Green. You're you're going right into the deep end of the pool with Louisville. Um, the offensive line again, it it, it just is a concern to me. I have to see improvement before I can really be confident in them to go out and not give up sacks or give up negative plays and put the offense behind because that, that's at the end of the day what they're going to have to do to win and limit that stuff. So I think it's going to be a really close game. I think, you know, this is um, this is a winnable game. Uh, well, no matter what I say, no matter what anybody says, this is a winnable game for Georgia Tech. And, hell, if they win this game like that, the chances of them hitting their over four and a half for the season win total are very good. And the chances of getting to a bowl game skyrocket because then if you win this game, you go into next week, you beat South Carolina state, you're two and zero heading to Ole Miss and, and, you know, confidence is just going to be such a big part in this team. And I have no doubt they're going to go out there and play hard on Friday night. They, they did it last year when they, they played under key and I expect no different this year. Like I do not think effort is ever going to be a question for them, but I do think that the, a lot of times in college football, the most talented team wins, and I do think Louisville is the more talented team here. But I expect to see a ton of fight 
from Georgia Tech, and I expect to see a close game, and I, I can't wait to watch it in person. Like, I think, you know, when I hear the national media talk about this team, it it, it is – I think they just look at the past few years and just, you know, automatically place Georgia Tech at the, the, the bottom of the ACC and not give them any chance to win a lot of games. But, I, you know, there's evidence that they can outplay their expectations. You know, they beat Duke, beat Pitt, beat North Carolina teams that all won nine games last year. Like, the, that, that's evidence for it now. Was that just a bump because of the what was going on and Key taking over and the emotions of it and they were just riding high off that? Maybe. We'll see. I don't think so. But I, I think it is something they can carry over and, and, and look, they, they're going to play their tails off and, and hopefully they can have a chance to win it at the end. But – that is going to do it for me. Uh, I enjoyed sitting here for 20, 25 minutes. I plan on doing this weekly. So be sure to uh, like and subscribe to this. I'm going to have my own uh, YouTube page going over there. Be sure to follow me on Twitter for all your latest Georgia Tech uh, updates. Go check out alliellowjackets.com. I really appreciate uh, anybody who reads and anybody who interacts. Like It, it, it really is a joy to me. So I, I enjoy uh, any interactions with you guys. And just um, go Jackets. <laughs>